Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I have struggled for weeks since I read Don Kohler's book, The Messages, to figure out how to introduce this woman, what direction to take our discussion, and how to adequately portray the events that took place in her life. I have come up with nothing that seems to fully do the job, so I'm just going to say wow and jump right in with our discussion and see where it goes. A little peek. In her 30s, Dawn's body simply would not let her get out of her car as she pulled into her thriving, award-winning computer company for another day as CEO on the job that she loved. She couldn't get her hand to open the door. After sitting for hours, she finally drove home and started on one of the most interesting and spiritual journeys that I have ever read about. She says, quote, By sheer self-mutiny, the self I was born to be decided to hijack the one I had created, unquote. Stay tuned for Don Kohler's story and the amazing things that we are going to learn from it. Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee. And I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our stories. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you, the listener, ideas to work with in making your stories work for you. Story power serves you best when you know how to use it. Don Kohler was an award-winning entrepreneur in the computer industry when she was abruptly summoned to take a life-altering course. That's what we're going to talk about today. She's going to show us what that was. What followed was an extraordinary healing journey from childhood abuse and rape. This journey took a giant toll on her and her family, on her marriage, but it gave her profound insights, incredible healing, and deep understanding about life and love. Combining these insights and her business experience, Dawn became a sought-after executive coach, helping leaders understand and enhance their impact on others and their contribution to the world. Her clients have included many of the most influential women in entertainment, as well as senior leaders at Sony Pictures, NBC Universal, Lionsgate, DreamWorks, Fox, Snapchat, Disney, Amazon, wow, all, all kinds of big names. Don's the author of three books, including this one we're talking about today, which is The Messages, A Prophetic Journey. Don, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Laurie. I so appreciate being here. Uh, I really enjoy your podcast, listening to them, and I'm um, very honored to be a part of it. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And I, in turn, am honored. After reading your book, I'm really excited to share all of this with the listeners. So Let's start out like we always do on the show, which is you sharing your story. While your book, The Messages, of course, is the whole detailed story, beautifully written, I might add. I am a writer, and it was so easy to read your book. It truly was well-written. I pulled me right along through the whole thing. Can you tell the listeners your story, and then we'll move into where that brought you? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, first, I want to, I guess I want to say that this story is is at the at the at the essence of it yes there was child abuse but really i don't think of it as a story about child abuse uh 
It really is a story about receiving a calling. And the calling itself really happened to me in a, a rather kind of a kind of an instant way. I mean, I really wasn't looking for that. Like I said, my life was going along um just fine. I also had three children at the time. So I had three young children under the age of six. I was running a company. And I woke up one morning into a feeling like something internally was shifting. And it was an it was an energy I can only describe as as if I was plugged into a higher voltage than what I'm normally run at. So it was going into 210. Which is such a cool concept, right? Like, I don't know how many people out there listening are going to be able to relate with this. I can't, but I wish I could, right? Like, that's what I mean. I, I don't know how to necessarily conduct this interview because most of the time I have some common ground, but your spiritual journey was just something I've not had. So I'm, yeah, keep going. Yeah, it was it was quite unusual, and I don't have any kind of religious uh, background, nor do I have one now. It just was truly by primordial sense uh, I was receiving a calling, and I didn't want that. Uh, I actually tried to avoid it, so I was doing everything I could. I was running the kids up and down on the beach and strollers, and just trying to get it out of my body. And it took about two months until it it just wore me down. And by the time I try to continue my life and go to work, uh, I literally couldn't get out of the car. It, It had just overcome me and said, you know, sorry, this is no longer your way. Which was, in fact, the first message. So as I fought in my car trying to to get out and do what I typically do, an inaudible voice came to me and it said, literally, this is no longer your way. So that was the beginning. And uh, I turned around, left work, never went back to work, actually, and came home and and sunk into a, a depression, actually. And then it began to lead me. I would wake into more of these messages telling me what to do next, which if it sounds strange to you, it sounded incredibly strange to me. This was something, my my biggest challenge was how do I trust this and am I losing my mind? Am I going crazy? It was fortunate that I did meet a therapist and it was the first therapist I met. And when I told her what was happening to me, uh, she said, you know, it sounds like you're having a spiritual awakening. I had never even heard of a spiritual awakening. <laughs> right. How Well, since you've written this, are a lot of people having experiences like you're having? I think that people are having them. Um, and I think more and more people are having them. And they're coming in different forms. I mean, this is the way it came to me because I was, you know, stubborn. And I, I think I had to be knocked down by it and dragged by my feet. I think other people have um, more subtle experiences and perhaps it's just a, a feeling or an impulse or something inside of them is, is now saying, you know what, this relationship no longer works or this job no longer works or, you know, there's this unmet need that I have something uh, that you knew you had to do in this life that hasn't been done yet. Something like that. It, it, I think for most people, it probably isn't this daunting. For me, it was for various different reasons. One, like I said, I was pretty stubborn. And um, two, it really, you know, there are spiritual awakenings that awaken you to who we truly are. And when you are that far away from who you truly are, and I was because of the abuse, I think that those are much more dramatic. 
I think mm-hmm. those are the ones that kind of knock you down and you, you have to let go of everything that you thought you were in order to find out who you really are. So you get taken apart to rebuild into Absolutely. the best you. Absolutely. But what I think of this, when I think of the book and and why I shared it, quite frankly, is because this was orchestrated certainly by an intelligence far greater than my own. And what was so interesting about it as the book evolves is that every time I would receive one of these internal messages, it was foreshadowing something that I couldn't have possibly seen any other way. It was preparing me or it was putting me in a position where I would be with the right person that could explain what was happening to me at that time. Uh, So I was so guided to heal. And I think that that's an important note because I believe if we are willing to participate, we are all guided to heal whatever it is we need to heal. And the path that that will take is going to be as individual to us as our fingerprint. What do you think about the source of that, though? With you not having a religious background, do you have a religious background now? I mean, where where do you think that came from? I don't have a religious background now. I have more of a Unitarian kind of viewpoint in that it certainly was from God as I see it, which is a universal source or energy. It was pulling me. I feel like it was healing me. And I feel like towards the end, it gave me the big message in the book, which was more of a universal message. I don't think it matters what you call it. You know, uh, as I cleansed and as I was going through it, what, what was interesting, and this is part of the book, is originally I would seen a light in my head, like a far light. It looked like a, a distant star. And as I healed and as I went through, that star in my mind, as I would close my eyes, would get bigger and bigger. And this light, and I couldn't figure out, am I coming closer to the light or is the light coming closer to me? But it was by healing repressed feelings, going through repressed emotions, uh, letting go of shame, certainly, the memories of abuse, the abandonment, the heavy emotion. By letting go of all of that, I was getting closer to this source of light. I'm steadfast in that it doesn't matter what you call the light. The light doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, uh, you can name it whatever you want. It still shows up. And it was very benevolent in guiding me towards it. And towards the end of the book, I actually had an experience with it where it, with the communication came directly from that light. There was also, you know, certainly that experience that we know historically from those kind of awakenings that you do lose your ego boundaries and become one with all. And you really understand because you're experiencing it, our connection with everybody. And I could see somebody and know that if I touched them, I was touching an appendage of mine, that everybody is one whole. And when you see that, and when you experience it, you really understand that to hate another person is to hate yourself. To harm another person is to harm yourself. And you can't ever not remember that after you've had that experience. You know, that is one piece of the story that I can relate with. And I haven't told very many people about this, but there was a point, and I don't, I, 
I honestly don't know how it happened. I was getting a massage after a hard day of skiing and the masseuse put her hands down my back and pulled them up. And all of a sudden, those same boundaries just released. And, you know, I was I was like not asleep necessarily, but I was my eyes were closed and very relaxed. And all of a sudden I could nothing had boundaries like I could see how trees and inanimate things as well as animate things were all one energy and it was phenomenal there was red light there was yellow light there was i mean i i i went and wrote it down because it was just so significant and it's been gosh a decade since that happened but yes it's not like something you can imagine or make up when right. when you see it it's phenomenal and i i don't know what caused that i don't know if she hit some nerve or if there's some part of your brain that can make that happen i i don't know i don't know mm-hmm. how it happened but i i can relate with that yeah it it really is it's just such a profound experience and you know you you just then understand what many of the prophets have told us before and you know what science is now telling us as well we really are that interconnected and it changes the way you show up in life because mm. you know that you have an impact. Your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, you have an impact on others all the time. Whether it all you matters. Know, it all matters. Truly. Okay, so back to your story. You were you were fighting it off. You were in the space of depression. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then I went into the therapy, went to therapy and uh, certainly uh, connected with uh, a woman therapist that really became a maternal source for me. There was a lot of walls that I needed to break down one brick at a time, if you will. And she was quite a gentle soul and was able to sit with me and reflect back emotionally what I was telling her in a way that I could start to connect to how things felt when they happened. So it was a very deep, very emotional relationship. And part of the thing, part of the experience of healing, if you will, is often you're thrown these curveballs. It's sort of like uh, what we see in novels, you know, the worst possible thing can happen to the protagonist and the worst possible thing happens to that protagonist because that shows us, what their character arc is. What do they do with that worst possible thing? Well, in this case, uh, the worst possible thing was that the therapist then decided to leave her practice. And I had no communication with her for several years. That threw me back into the abuse, the abandonment of the abuse, all of those feelings that I was sort of dancing around, but wasn't fully experiencing until she left. Uh, I was a lot of depression, but it wasn't as active. But again, the gift of healing is that sometimes we're put in situations or situations happen to us that become portals to our inner world. And it's what we need in order to release some of the emotions that there's no other way we could have had access. I didn't I didn't have access to five years, five year old, five years old, but I had access to what it felt like in the current reality of her leaving. Mm. So it was interesting to, again, see it all unfold. The story goes on. And uh, once again, I am put in places, another therapist comes in who happened to be the best possible scenario therapist at that point for that stage in my journey. 
I did went through various different modalities because I, I think when you go through these kind of awakenings and you're shifting, and when I say awakenings, what I'm meaning is our mind is expanding and that is happening to all of us. Our mind is expanding into greater consciousness and greater awareness of who we are. And as it expands, it, we also have smaller parts of ourselves that resist that. So it is part of the process to handle the resistance as you are handling the expansion of, of the parts of us that have been unconscious prior. Uh, so that was you know a large part of the journey, but part of it also includes the mind is in our body. It's not like we have a mind and a body. It's everything. Our mind and body are all one. And along with the psychotherapy, I also went through various types of body work to release some of the things that I was holding in my body. Because sometimes we hold beliefs or we hold memories in our muscle or in our fibers and different therapies get to different parts. And what I noticed is at different stages, I needed different things. I wouldn't sure. have, I wouldn't have actually been able, I, I don't think I would have sought that out the same way had that therapist not left. Uh, but once she did leave, I was able to really open it up to all the different modalities that helped me. And there were many that helped me. You know, I think on that hero's journey that, that obviously the hero doesn't know how all of those things are going to unfold. He doesn't know when the guides are going to show up. And, you know, sometimes the hero doesn't, you know, what looks like a guide isn't or what doesn't look like a guide is. So it's all of that unknown wrapped up. But as you get to the other side and you look back, you can see how, the books, the people, the therapist, the thing, the thought that, you know, all of the things are woven together into this beautiful unfolding. And really, that's what your book does is it, it tells your whole story and you see all of these things unfold so beautifully toward this awakening, right? And that's the genius behind it. And that genius is not me. Mm. That is the journey. And it's it's really partnering with the part of you, that light in you that is wanting your return. And that light is connected to the light. I mean, it's 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 our little part that is that ray of light you hear about. And it's wanting us to come back. It's wanting to show us who who we are. And it's it's very willing and extremely powerful to help us, but we need to partner with it. We need to say, okay, I'm not going to fight this anymore. Uh I'm going to pay attention, I'm going to participate, and I'm going to keep moving. And one of the things in the book that, again, was just so profound is, if you look at it, it, it was so motivated by love. And the hero's journey often is. It, it, there's a love for something. And it is the love and the reunion and that desire to return to wholeness that becomes the motivator through, you know, horrific things that we have to go through and, and, and release and relive and all the things that allow us to get to a place where those situations and those emotions no longer bind us and we can return to what is truly the untainted self. And there is an untainted self, regardless of what has happened to you in your lifetime, there is a place that is untainted by it. So in your book, you share a conversation with your therapist where she said, quote, 
You followed your messages, faced your fears, encountered great upheavals, and released a lifetime of stored emotions that honestly, I'm surprised have not killed you by now. The hero, it's the hero's journey that you want through the crucible in order to come out the other side and bring back a treasure to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And the treasure to the kingdom, then, is the messages that you received, right? Like, how will they impact us? What were those messages, the bigger message? And why do you think that they came to you, a secular businesswoman, right? Yeah, correct. Um, well, first of all, the messages, you know, led me to, like you said, the bigger messages. And what happened was after this cleansing was really complete and I had released myself of a lot of the toxins associated with those emotions, I was pulled up and it was the course of three nights. And I'm going to say the backdrop of this is one of several of the times while I, while I was going through this, there was a message to write the book, write the book, write the book. And I didn't know what the book was about. And I didn't know why I was supposed to write it. But then (laughs) those three nights came and I was awoken at three o'clock in the morning and their light at this point was was right bright and as big as my body. And it looked both, it looked like it was hovering outside of me. And I was awoken and there was an internal, you hear it in your mind. It's not a voice, it's just like an inaudible message that said write. And so I knew to get up and write. I grabbed my journal and I sat up. I was perfectly awake. I was scared. Uh it wasn't, you know, <laughs> it 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 was such a strange uh, experience. And so, so extraordinary. It didn't, wasn't a love and light as much as it's like, wow, this is happening. And it's frightening. My head felt like it was being dilated to about a 10. I mean, I could feel in that top chakra, which is like a crown chakra was being opened. And then the words came out and the words were coming, you know, from this light force, from that center of creation, if you will, into my mind. And I wrote it down and it was nothing that I would have written. And the first night was certainly, um, you know, an an announcement, if you will, that this is the beginning of a new consciousness, that we have all entered this time. It is a gentle time, but we will receive everything we need to make this transformation safely. My interpretation of that was what I had been going through, because this was really a three-year journey, what I had been going through over those past three years to awaken myself and those stages is something that's happening now to all of us. And we are going to experience that in different ways, depending on our, again, our own psychology and what we've been through, but it is underway. Uh, The second night was, again, you know, the second night, and all of this seemed like it was in a positive tone, as, as afraid of as I was at the time. The second night, the same experience happened. Uh, this time, it said that, you know, there are people here that are helpers, you know, healers, and we should reach out and find them. The uh, There would be one person that would emerge that uh, will have judgments. They are not a healer, but they will say that they are you know, aligned with God and they will not be. We'll be able to tell who that person is because they will have judgments. It was reiterated three times to me, do not follow judgment, do not follow judgment, do not follow prejudice. It will only hurt you. It will only hurt you. It was very insistent during that time. 
Now, again, I don't have a religious background, but I'm aware enough that that was some sort of antichrist message. Um, Do you know who that was or is? No, no idea. No idea. Just that there still went out there and that person will emerge. And uh, I, I, I have absolutely no idea. Again, it was it was very clear, though. I have absolutely no doubt about it. It was as clear as could be. But the main message that night was do not follow anybody that has prejudice. And it, it, you know, obviously it makes sense if we are all the same person, if anybody is prejudiced or we're hurting other people, we're hurting ourselves. And we could destroy this organism called humanity. Uh, That is possible. But that's not how, you know, God in whatever form you see it wants this story to end. we are trying to evolve. It is, I think, our destiny to evolve, but we're certainly in a time of threat. So in that onset of your personal journey, there was a lot of high anxiety. And like you said, you had descended into some depression. And we are certainly seeing an increase of that in our culture. Do you think that those symptoms, the increase of it in not everyone, but, you know, a large portion of us, do you think that that's some kind of summons or awakening or the beginning of a process or and, and do you have any opinion on that? I absolutely do. And yes, I think it is. Uh, I think it is. It is a stage in the process. It is part of the process. Anytime you've got uh, an expansion of consciousness, it the, the mind, the ego, if you will, is frightened by that. Whether we're aware it's happening or not, it's going to present anxiety. So when I look at the rise in anxiety and even the rise in anxiety in young adults, I think they tend to be the younger you are, that there's a tendency to be a little bit more conscious because we're, we're not quite as rigid with our thoughts and beliefs. I think that they are showing us the epidemic that is happening as we expand this consciousness and some of the things that they're that they're dealing with, of course, as well, like the fragmentation uh, focus and things that are happening just because of our the way we are so externally focused right now. And this is a time where we need to be internally driven and internally focused. Do you have any suggestions on like next steps or for people that are experiencing the high anxiety or the depression? What what would you suggest they do for this forward movement? My suggestion is to dial in to your own messages and to connect with your inner resources to help you manage this. Because we all have inner resources. We all have that. That same light that came to me will come to everybody in whatever form they see it. Uh, The same intuition that's dialed into that, that that's all internal. It is all within us. You know, if I, I love the analogy of the Wizard of Oz, it's one of my favorite. If we think about, you know, Dorothy got hit unconscious. So basically her whole story was in her inner world. And inside of the inner world, she had the good witch, you know, Glenda, the good witch that was guiding her all along. And, um, and she also had the force of the, you know, wicked witch of the West that she was so frightened of, but she had to overcome the wicked witch of the West in order to ultimately find her own power. Uh, So I, I think if we look at that, we can say, we all have that inside of us. We all have flying monkeys. We all have wicked witches that we need to overcome. Uh, And we all have both 
our internal innate nature of being human, like Toto the dog. And we also have this um, higher intelligence guide that is guiding us through our own yellow brick road down that path. And the yellow brick road in our everyday lives is crafted from our daily experiences. So our daily experiences are the road we need to be on. We need to be present in those experiences. We need to look for the opportunity to heal in those experiences and to continually ask ourselves, does this diminish me or does this enlarge me? And when we make choices based on what will enlarge me, and often those aren't the easy choices, they're the ones where we have to admit a truth about ourselves or somebody else. Uh, They're the ones that, you know, really lead us down a path that's truer for us, even though it might be painful to somebody else. Um, But if we're making choices based on our own fears, fears of hurting ourselves or or fears of hurting other people or a fear that we might not be good enough, we're really diminishing who we are and not expanding who we are. And this path is all about expansion. This is so fascinating. In your book, you talk about um, that people need to understand how important it is to take responsibility for their own healing. You say we can avoid so much suffering if we embrace who we really are and learn to love more deeply. How do we do this? Yeah, it's a great question. So that's that final night, the final night of the three nights where I received the messages. There was certainly, uh, I was awoken But this time I was shown a vision and the vision was a very apocalyptic scene and it was so terrifying. But right after I was shown the scene, the message came in and the light was there and it said, this is not necessary. This is not necessary. We can change our individual consciousness by choice. We do have time for a gentle change. We do have time to uh, breed the next generation so that we can literally move into those higher levels of consciousness and evolution, which is where humanity is going without completely destroying it in the process. I thought that ultimately that was the reason this whole calling happened was to receive those messages and to say, we can avoid this. We don't, we're not destined for an apocalyptic future. We are in the shift, that transformation, but we, we can avoid that. We can create a gentle change by taking the personal responsibility, each of us that's saying, you're contributing to it, I'm contributing to it, everybody is contributing to this. And the more we can go inside and say, what do I need to be more authentic? What do I need to heal? What do I need to stop projecting onto others? How can I love more deeply? Uh, What are the opportunities in my current life right now to expand and grow and become more loving? It's all right there and it's all inside of us. How can you stop the fragmentation uh, and get back to a sense of being centered? How can you, you know, carve out the 10, 15, 20 minutes a day to meditate so you can open your mind and connect to whatever higher power you have or however you see that. And so that you can feel that you are being directed by internal forces that are benevolent and not the external forces that are constantly trying to get our attention to click on something or to be afraid about something or to whatever. This whole out external world has become so chaotic and so fear-based 
that it's pulling us away from the very core of what is asking us to return to. As we tie up our conversation here, as we're coming to the end of our time, it is your message, is your calling, this whole process here for you to to write a book and be on podcasts and and to make have this voice that is making us aware of that, that is telling us all to return to love and to heal and to try to stop the, you know, the the fork in the road that leads to the apocalypse versus leading to a higher understanding and more love. higher understanding and a gentle change. And the good news about all of this is that's possible. We do have time. It was made very clear to me. We do have time for a gentle change, but we also need to participate in this process. And uh, that process is as individual again to each of us as our finger fingerprint is. So if it is, if you're Christian or you're Buddhist or you're Muslim, be more of that. Go back to that source. Uh, connect to the loving parts of that. Uh, eliminate right. the, the judgments. The non, yeah, the non-prejudice parts. Go, exactly. Go to eliminate the, the judgments. Eliminate the prejudice. Go back to love being well. Just mm-hmm. love well. And we can't love well when we are defending against our past when we are judging ourselves or other people and when we're not feeling good enough about ourselves to be who we actually really are. Don, thank you so much for sharing your story. I feel like we could talk for a really long time about all of this. This is just such a small portion. So get her book, The Messages, a memoir. Where where can we get it? Where do we find it? Amazon. So just go to Amazon. Uh, It is in the Kindle, it's in print, and there's also an audible version of it. So that's probably your quickest, fastest place to to pick it up. And uh, I would love to hear from anybody. Please write, uh, send me notes, I'll send them back. Send me, pick up the book and send it to me. I'll be happy to sign it, whatever. Uh, It's the most important thing about the book is, is to hear it and to think about how it's coming to you and what are the signs and what are your internal messages telling you to do that will help you grow. Because if, you know, one of us grows, all of us grows. Mm, Don, I love all of this. Do you have final messages or final things that you want to tell us as we move forward? I think it, it's it's the good news behind it. This is not this is not bad news. This is good news. Where we are going is to a much more loving and a much more compassionate place. I think when we all become aware of our interconnectedness, we will live in a very beautiful world and much that we have already suffered from will be over. So I feel extremely positive about the future. I'm not sure how difficult it'll it'll get before that emerges. But I believe that we can have a gentle passage here. What are you doing moving forward with all of this? Uh, Just this, you know, for right now, I'm uh, doing the podcast. I'm working on a second book called uh, Your Presence is Requested, How to Answer the Summons to a Greater Life. So that'll give me more detail on just how to do this. But for now, that's that's really the, the path in front of me. And that's what I'm taking. Where how do we get a hold of you? DawnKohler.com. So www.DawnKohler, D-A-W-N-K-O-H-L-E-R.com. And uh, 
you can get in there and contact me directly. And Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. You know, thank you. I really appreciate it. I love your questions. And uh, thank you. I, uh, it's audiences like this that, that just help spread the message. And I think the more we can spread the messages, the more we can create the kind of future that we really want. Oh, it's a beautiful message. What are you doing in your life to move toward love, to move toward healing? Are you getting any messages through books that show up or podcasts that show up or dreams or feelings pulling you toward a certain thing? This week, consider that question. I believe when we all do our own little parts, the difference it makes for the whole is monumental. For the whole is all of the parts. Consider what in you needs healing and how you can move toward bringing more love into the world, and then take steps to do that. Maybe that's what 2023 is all about. Each of us focusing on answering that move toward healing, that move toward bringing in more love, that move to higher self-understanding. This is our best life. We're striving to create our best life and coming to a higher level of vibration, a higher level of understanding, more healing that is absolutely moving in that right direction. Thank you, everybody, for being here for this show. Please share it with anyone that would need it. And also, if you haven't left a review for the show, will you please do that? Um, I want to share one that came up. This is by R. Weiss 8 from the United States. She says, I've only listened to two episodes and I'm already feeling how much this podcast is positively improving my life. I am so glad this podcast exists and I can't wait to listen to all of the episodes and reflect on my life and work toward loving my story. Thank you, Arwees8 from the United States. I appreciate so much getting these kind of reviews and feedback on the, the shows that you like and, and how the show is affecting you. That means a great deal. So appreciate that. Please leave a review and share the podcast with somebody that needs it. And of course, take that challenge. We'll see you in two weeks for the next episode of the Love Your Story podcast. <laughs>